Hello everybody, this is Dan Trotter, pretty good Bible studies. Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 14. We will run it on down through this long chapter to the end of the story of John the Baptist's murder by King Herod Antipas. Starting in Mark 6, 14, and by the way, there's only, there's two parallels, but the parallel passage in Luke chapter 9 is just a couple of verses, doesn't add anything, so we're mainly going to look at Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 1. So Mark 6, 14 says this, King Herod heard of this, heard of what? All the exorcisms and healings that were going on up in Galilee. Remember, this is Herod Antipas. He is in charge of the region of Galilee. His headquarters, apparently, according to Robertson, who I think got it from Josephus, his headquarters was at Tiberias, that Roman town on the southwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee. So he heard all the commotions in Galilee, all the miracles happening, because Jesus' name had become well-known, Mark says. Some said John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that's why supernatural powers are at work in him. Who is this man Jesus going around causing such a commotion? That was the question of the day. Matthew 14, 1 says, At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report about Jesus. Now, Mark calls him King Herod. That was his popular name. Actually, he was not technically a king. He was a Tetrarch, which was a lower Roman official in charge of four, one of four territories. His brother, Herod Philip II, was actually a king of the province of Iturea, which was to the east of Galilee, on the, on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, present-day Syria, southern Syria northern Jordan up in that region. He was a king, and later on we'll see that this caused Herod to lose the, the jealousy over the fact that his brother, King Herod Philip II, was a king, and he was just a tetrarch, actually cost him his job. He got booted by the Romans because of jealousy over that. We'll talk about that later. He heard the report about Jesus. Now, as I said, Herod was in charge of Galilee, which is north of Samaria, south of Phoenicia, present-day Phoenicia, Syrophoenicia, it was called back then. And Philip uh, had the area to the east of the Jordan River. Caesarea Philippi was up in the northern part of his area, down east of the Sea of Galilee and halfway down the Jordan River, or partway down the Jordan River on the way to the Dead Sea. And then right south of Pella on the east of the Jordan River, Perea started. And Perea goes down to the east of the Jordan River, all the way down to the Dead Sea, halfway down to the tip of the Dead Sea, and that was Perea. And that was also ruled by Herod Antipas. These were the guys that took over. It's complicated political history after Herod the Great died. So anyway, Herod, King Herod was a big shot, and he was in charge of a big area. And all of a sudden he hears about these miracles, and he wants to know what's going on. And remember, this is Herod Antipas, not Herod the Great. Herod Antipas was one of the sons of Herod the Great. Got to remember that. Herod the Great was died in 4 B.C. right at the same time, right about the time that Jesus was born. This is at the time of John the Baptist and Jesus' the beginning of his ministry in about 30 A.D. or so. or Well, actually about 26 A.D. or so. The time is about the time of the mission of the Twelve, according to Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown. We talked about that in a previous chapter. Now, John the Baptist had probably been in prison for about a year at this time before Herod put him to put him to death, as we're going to see in a minute. But enough time had gone by that John was in prison for Jesus to have his ministry well established and for him to become well known. Mark says he was well known in Mark 6, verse 14. We go to verse 15 in Mark chapter 6. Others said he's Elijah. Remember, some in verse 14 said, it's John the Baptist come back to life, working miracles. 
615 says, others says he is Elijah. Still others says he is a prophet, like one of the prophets. Luke adds this detail like one of the old prophets, another prophet besides Elijah. So nobody knows who he is. Why would they think Elijah? Well, because Malachi 4.5 says this, Look, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. That would be the day, time, the day of the Lord and to the Old Testament Jew would be the times of the Messiah. And Elijah was supposed to show up before the Messiah came. And I'm the Messiah. It could be that, some, and some say this, that Herod's courtiers are telling Herod it was Elijah that was going around doing all these miracles so that Herod would not think it was John the Baptist raised from the dead because Herod had killed John the Baptist and that would give him a guilty conscience because he had killed John. We're, we're looking now at the time after the beheading of John the Baptist. We're going to go back and pick up the story of how it happened just a little bit. Now, in Mark 6.15, the Holman Christian Study Bible says, still others say he's a prophet. John Gill says that could be translated as the prophet, which would mean that the people were referring to Deuteronomy 18, I think it's verse 15, where Moses predicts a prophet like him is coming after him. That, of course, is the prophet, and that prophet, of course, was Jesus. Or it could have just been some other prophet like Jeremiah. Anyway, they were all speculating on who this was. Now, those who were speculating that it was John the Baptist included Herod Antipas, because in Mark 6, verse 16, which we're just getting ready to read, Herod says this, when Herod heard of it, he said, John, the one I beheaded, has been raised. This shows Herod's superstitious fear and guilty conscience. He probably thought John the Baptist was going to come back to haunt him because he had cut his head off. And he probably felt guilty because he knew, he had to have known, that John the Baptist was perfectly innocent of any crime. Now, some people think that Herod Antipas was a Sadducee. Now, if he, Herod was a, Antipas was a Sadducee, that would really be something that he would think that John the Baptist had res, been resurrected from the dead because the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. How do you get the idea that Herod Antipas might be a Sadducee? Well, if you compare two verses, Matthew 16:6 6 and Mark 8:15, and make a substitution, you'll see this. Matthew 16:6 6 says this, Then Jesus told them, Watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Mark 8:15 says this, Then he commanded them, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. So you see that Sadducees and yeast of Herod are in perfect parallel there. So it sounds like the yeast of Sadducees is the same. The yeast of Herod is the same thing as saying the yeast of the Sadducees. And so therefore, Herod is a Sadducee. That's just speculation. But if it's true, it would be quite interesting to think, the man who doesn't believe in the resurrection of the dead is so shaken up by his murder of John the Baptist that he thinks somebody's actually resurrected and come back to haunt him. Except not haunt him as a ghost, but haunt him as a resurrected human being. Now this idea that some that the, it might, it, that John the Baptist, excuse me, that Jesus might be John the Baptist's resurrection from the dead shows the belief in resurrection that the Jews had. This was a common belief they had, the resurrection of the physical body. Now, talking about Herod's guilt, John Gill says this, quote, The murdered prophet haunted his guilty breast like a specter and seemed to him alive again and clothed with unearthly powers in the person of Jesus. And it's ironic. People are saying this is John the Baptist doing miracles because John the Baptist didn't do one miracle while he was doing his ministry. All he did was preach. Now, why might Herod Antipas have a guilty conscience for killing John? Well, because John was chastising his immorality, rightly chastising his immorality, and that's why... John the ba Herod Antipas killed him. There might have been a secondary reason why John the Baptist had killed, why Herod had killed John the Baptist. He may have feared the reaction of the Jews to his incestuous marriage. He might have feared a revolt stirred up by John the Baptist. John the Baptist kept saying, you shouldn't have married your brother's wife Herodias, but you did, and it's incestuous. 
And if all the Jews heard that, these Jews who are very sensitive about violating the law, they might start thinking, well, our great leader up here, Herod Antipas, is an incestuous person. And maybe we ought to revolt against him. Now, how do we know that Herodias and Herod Antipas' relationship was incestuous? Well, we can look at Leviticus 18, verse 16, and read this. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your brother's wife. It will shame your brother. Well, Herod Antipas was having sexual intercourse with his brother's wife, Herodias. His brother was Herod Philip I, and his wife was Herodias. This was a direct violation of the law. But now the next question is, well, so what? Herod Antipas was not under Jewish law, was he? He was a Roman official, so why did John the Baptist blame him for that? Well, he, we don't know that he blamed him for incest, for being within the laws, the bounds of consanguinity. We don't know that. He might have just blamed him for adultery, because he could have just blamed him for adultery, because he stole somebody else's wife. And it could be that he was just... It was just a detail that it was his brother's wife, but he'd taken somebody else's wife. He would have been guilty of adultery. The fact that it was his brother's wife was just a detail. Or it could be that Herod Antipas was Jewish because, after all, his father had converted to Judaism, and he was the son of his father. Even though he was in bed with the Romans, he was still a Jew, and so he should have been under Jewish law. And even if he wasn't under Jewish law, I can imagine a Jew would think highly of him not think highly of him because he was breaking Leviticus here, even if he were considered not to be under the Jewish law. Herodias might have suggested that to Herod, said, you know, this John the Baptist is out here preaching against our marriage. That might cause a popular tumult. It might cause an uproar. It might cause a revolt. And you know what that means for a political leader. So maybe you better arrest John and get him out of the way. It could have been why Herod had arrested John. Well, let's move on. Mark chapter 6, verse 16, when Herod heard of it, that is, heard of all the the commotion going on in Galilee because of Jesus' ministry and the ministry of the twelve, when, G, when Herod heard of it, he said, John, the one I beheaded has been raised. Now, notice this fear, that this superstitious fear that John the Baptist come back in order to haunt him was not first proposed by Herod. Others had first given out that John the Baptist was risen from the dead. In our parallel passage in Luke 9, 7, we read, Herod the Tetrarch heard about everything that was going on. He was perplexed because some said that John had been raised from the dead. So some people were saying it might have given Herod the idea. Going to Mark 6, verse 17 through 22. For Herod himself had given orders to arrest John and to chain him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. Now, This story of Herodias involves a lot of names, and the names are so confusing that I finally had to get a chart of Herod the Great's descendants and memorize it so I could even tell you this story. You might not be able to keep them straight just listening to an audio. You might have to dig out a chart of Herod the Great's descendants to figure it out yourself, but I'm going to do the best I can. Remember, this is Herod Antipas. He is a son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great had ten wives. So most of the descendants, the the sons of Herod the Great, were half-brothers because they were sons by different wives. So Herod Antipas had given orders to arrest John and put him in prison. The prison is Macarius, which is 16 miles southeast of where the Jordan River runs into the Dead Sea, down south, south, and east of Jerusalem. It's a mound that's still there today. If you're interested in archaeology, you can look at a picture of it on Wikipedia. still there. That's where John was killed, and that's where he was chained. Now, 
Why did Herod arrest John? Because of his brother Philip's wife. Well, who was the brother Philip? Well, to make this story interesting, Herod had two brother Philips, and both of them were called Herod Philip. The first one was called Herod Philip I, and the other one was called Herod Philip II. So we have to distinguish them, because obviously they didn't distinguish his mom and daddy didn't distinguish them by names. I don't know why they would do stuff like this, but they did. So Herod Philip I was married to a woman named Herodias. Now, Herodias and Herod Philip I had a daughter named Salome. Now, Herod got the hots for Herodias, Herod Philip I's wife. So he convinced, he persuaded Herodias to leave Herod Philip I. I think they were in Rome when this happened. They were all of them in Rome. But at any rate, he asked Herodias to divorce Herod Philip I and marry him. Now, unfortunately, Herod Antipas was already married to the daughter of the the daughter of Aretas, who was an Arabian king of the south, Nabataean king, I think it was. And Aretas had a daughter that he had given to an alliance to show that they were in a friendly alliance. He had given his daughter to Herod Antipas to marry. So Herod Antipas had to put away the daughter of King Aretas of Nabatea in the south, had to put her away, and then Herod Philip I had to lose his wife Herodias so that Herodias could marry Herod Philip I. So this was a big-time sin. There's no wonder John the Baptist was upset about it. John the Baptist wasn't the only one upset about it. King Aretas, when he found out that his daughter had been put away by Herod, attacked him, beat the mud out of, mud out of Herod Antipas in a military battle. So Herod Antipas got what was coming to him. Now, to make this story even a little more complicated, Herod Antipas's new wife, now Herodias, she used to be married to Herod Philip I, his half-brother. Well, Herod the Philip I and Herodias, when Herodias was still married to Herod Philip I, they had a daughter named Salome. She's going to show up in this story. Salome was a young woman of marriageable age, and in fact, she ended up later marrying Herod Philip II, the other Herod Philip brother of Herod Antipas. Now, this Herod Philip II is also called Philip the Tetrarch. His place was called the Tetrarch of Philip. He actually became a king, I think, at some point. He was east of the Sea of Galilee in that area. Caesarea Philippi was up there. He went down. Just basically remember the eastern part of the Tetrarch of Philip covered the eastern part of the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. He married Salome. So Herod the Philip II married Salome, who was the daughter of Herod Philip I and Herodias, who ended up divorcing Herod Philip I and married Herod Antipas. So it was a nice family affair. It sounded like something to go on in one of Jeff Foxworthy's stories. So there's your story. And of course, Salome is the sexy girl who, who sexy danced, ended up getting John the Baptist killed. So there's, there's your characters. Now let's see if we can get the story straight. Matthew... 14 4 says well let's go back to mark 6 verse 18 john had been telling herod it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife well it certainly wasn't lawful they both both herodias and herod antipas were legally married to other women uh, to other spouses and they had no grounds for divorce and they divorced and married each other verse 19 in mark 6 so herodias held a grudge against him against john the baptist and wanted to kill him but she could not because Herod was in awe of John and was protecting him, knowing he was a righteous and holy man. It was hard for Herod Antipas, although he was an evil man, it was hard for him to kill a holy man, just for superstitious fear, if nothing else, not to mention the fact that a lot of people in 
Galilee thought that John the Baptist was a holy man, and to kill a holy man would get a bunch of people mad at him. It might cause political turmoil, which is something, of course, that Roman underlings feared. They didn't want the emperor to say, what's going on over there in my corner of the empire? So she, Herod had a lot of reason not to kill John. That's why he was protecting him. Verse 20 still in Mark 6, when Herod heard him, heard John the Baptist, he would be very disturbed. Well, obviously, because he was saying, you, sir, are a sinner. And it wasn't just because of the adultery that John the Baptist was chastising Herod for. We read in the parallel passage in Luke, chapter 3, verse 19, that John the Baptist was criticizing Herod for other things, too. But Herod the Tetrarch being rebuked by him about Herodias, his brother's wife, and about all the evil things Herod had done. So Herod was an evil ruler, and John the Baptist kept pointing out to him, You, sir, are a scumbag. But John, but John, but Herod would still listen to him, would hear him gladly, as a matter of fact, Mark says in verse 20, chapter 6, gladly hear him. Why? Because I'm sure he was fascinated by John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a very unusual character. He preached total righteousness in an atmosphere of total sin, corruption, and putrefaction, moral evil. So Herod's listening to this guy who's condemning him. It's a very interesting psychological situation. Verse 21, now an opportune time came on his birthday when Herod gave a banquet for his nobles, military commanders, and the leading men of Galilee. This party was probably in Tiberias. When Herodias' own daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. That daughter was Herodias' daughter by Herod Philip I, her former husband, Herod Antipas' half-brother. And Salome, the girl who later ended up marrying Philip the Tetrarch, Herod Philip II, the other Herod Philip brother of Herod Antipas. She ended up marrying him later, but at this time I guess she's still single. And she comes in there and she does a sexy dance. Now, it says the girl pleased him. Well, people debate on why the girl pleased the king and the guest. Was it because she had a nice smile and was cheerful? Or because she danced so well? Or is it because she was lascivious? Well... The NIV study Bible says it's unquestionably because she was lascivious, and I think it's unquestionably true, but that's why she did it. A bunch of testosterone-laden government officials and military officials watching some girl doing a belly dance, I guess that's what she was doing. <laughs> so, you know, that's what happens to men. As soon as they see a, a woman's form unclothed a little bit, there's a big switch on top of the head, it goes on, off, and it goes, click, off, quits working. And that's what happened to Herod Antipas here. His brain quit working. He said, I'll ask, ask you want what you want, and I'll give it to you, Mark says. In the parallel passage in Matthew, it says, I'll give you up to half my kingdom. Or excuse me, in the verse, next verse in Mark 6, 23, he said, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. Now, that's a proverbial reference to generosity. It's not meant to be taken literally. I mean, she couldn't have gone and said, uh, Herod... Uh, Anibus, I think I'll take Perea, you keep Galilee, or I'll take Galilee, you take Perea. No, that's not what he meant. It's, it's a proverb. It means I can give you a whole bunch. You ask for it. I mentioned some of the reasons why the guest might have been pleased by Salome, because she was bright and cheerful, because she was sensuous and less vicious. Another option might be is because Herod might have been pleased because it was his birthday, and she was showing him honor on his birthday. In other words, it might have been innocent. Uh-uh, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Notice that Matthew says she, Salome pleased Herod, and Mark says she pleased Herod and his guest. Well, the guests weren't having a birthday party. They were pleased because she was doing a sexy dance. I'm absolutely convinced of it. By the way, Salome is not mentioned in the text as the name of the girl. We, we get her name from Josephus. Now, to give you a feel of 
what a big birthday party this was and why King Herod could not back down from his promise to give her up to half the kingdom and Salome's request to have John the Baptist's head brought to her on a platter. The reason he couldn't back down from this is because this was his birthday party and King's birthdays were big deals among the Gentiles, according to to John Gill, not so much among the Jews, but among the Gentiles. This may have even been his day of ascension as king, or tetrarch, of Galilee, as Gill and Clark point out, because you call those they call those names by the same Greek word, translated as birthday. So he had all those guests, and this, and he says, "Ooh, Salome, Salome, I'll give you whatever you want." Mark six twenty three through 29. So he swore oaths to her. Notice not just one, but plural oaths to her, to Salome. This is he, Herod Anabas, swore oaths to Salome. Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. Then she went out and said to her mother, and she went out because Herodias, her mother, was not there sitting with all the men at the banquet table. That wasn't the custom. So she goes outside of the banquet hall and said, what should I ask for? She's probably pretty excited about this. John the Baptist's head, she, so her mother Herodias, said. Immediately she heard to the king and said, I want you to give me, immediately she, Salome, went back into the banquet, heard to the king and said, I want you to give me John the Baptist's head on a platter right now. Though the king was deeply distressed because of his oaths and the guest, he did not want to refuse her. He couldn't. He was between the rock and the hard place. He didn't want to kill John because it might cause a tumult and because he might feel guilty about killing an innocent holy man. But on the other hand, he was the king and made all those solemn oaths before the officials of his kingdom. Verse 27, the king immediately sent for an executioner. That's a Roman word there. So it's a Roman, one of his Roman soldiers sent for an executioner and commanded him to bring John's head. So he went and beheaded him in prison. Again, that's in the prison Macarius, probably, which was, say, right south east of the where the Jordan River ran into the Dead Sea out in the desert the Jordan Desert there so John the Baptist is in prison he's killed probably the execution was done in private not in public because again less of an uproar if you do it in prison you do it in private and so the executioner brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl by the way it's not a silver platter I don't know why whenever I think of this story I always picture a silver platter I think you hear the giving me his head on a silver platter it's actually on a wooden platter the kind of platter you eat on Gave it to the girl. The girl gave it to her mother, Herodias. The girl is Salome. When his disciples heard about it, they came and removed his corpse and placed it in a tomb. The disciples probably got permission from Herod to go get the body, and Herod was probably in no mood to cross the disciples anymore. He had just killed one of their prophets, and he was probably going to be as nice as he could about it. So the disciples got the corpse of John the Baptist and placed it in a tomb. Now you notice she said, give me a head on a platter right now. Why right now? She probably didn't want him to change his mind. He's in his cups right now. He's drinking. She didn't want Herod's mood to change. He's drinking. He's just saw the sexy dance. Testosterone probably hadn't receded from his besotted brain, and so she's saying, give it to him now. Mark says, immediately she heard to the king, give, give, give me his head right now. Now, Salome, we should point out, it was just as lascivious, revengeful, and cruel as her mother. Note how coolly both Herodias the mother and Salome the daughter discuss cold-blooded murder, because that's what this was, cold-blooded murder of John the Baptist. Well, is there any justice in the universe? This is according to the ancient historian Nicephorus. This is what happened to Salome. She was walking on a river frozen in the winter. The ice broke. She falls in the river, and a piece of ice cut off her head. Well, justice has been served. Now, Mark says that Herod was deeply distressed, 
because of Salome's request for John the Baptist's head, and Matthew says the king regretted that request. Here's some options as to why he might have regretted having to execute John the Baptist. First, Herod had a certain respect for John. Now, in Matthew 14:5, it said Herod wanted to kill John, but in Mark 6:20, it says Herod was in awe of John and was protecting him because he was a righteous and holy man. So he had a certain respect for John because of his holiness. Even non-believers sometimes, it's just like Benjamin Franklin, who was a, he was a reprobate. He didn't believe in Jesus, but he loved George Whitfield. They were good friends. There's lots of examples like that. So this, some people say there's a contradiction here between 6.20 when he said he would be very likely love to hear him. But in Mark Matthew 14.5, he says he wanted to kill him. The, uh, the, the NIV Study Bible note says that this shows contrary conflict and passions in a man of lust. Well, people are complicated psychologically. I can see why somebody would want to hear somebody tell them they're a sinner but not having the guts to get out of the sin. I mean, after all, that would take a lot to get rid of Herodias again after you just busted up two marriages to get her. Well, anyway, that's the first reason why he regretted having to kill Herod. Anibus regretted having to kill John the Baptist because he had a certain respect for John. The second reason is Herod would be worried that he would incur the wrath of the crowd who thought John was a prophet. That's John Gill's idea. Third reason, his conscience was bothering him because he knew John the Baptist was an innocent man. That's John Gill's suggestion. Fourth reason, the Roman leaders had a superstition against executing people on a leader's birthday. That's an interesting point from John Gill. So Herod was going against Roman, the Roman leader's superstition by executing John the Baptist. Fifth possible reason from Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown. Herod the Great, Herod Antipas, excuse me, was galled to find himself entrapped by his own folly, getting suckered by a seductive dance. So he made oaths, he didn't want to violate his oaths, so he would be guilty of perjury, so instead he committed murder. As John Gill points out, it's a little bit silly. You're going to be so solicitous of your oaths, but then you're going to commit murder to keep those oaths. Some people have made an interesting suggestion that Herod actually colluded with Herodias from the beginning to get John the Baptist's head. In other words... John, uh, Herod Antipas goes to Herodias and says, we've got to get rid of John the Baptist. How can we do it? Herodias says, I'll tell you what, I'll send my daughter out there with us doing a sexy dance, and then you promise to give her everything, and then she'll come to me and ask what's the promise going to be, and I'm going to say give me the head of John the Baptist, and that way it'll look like it's Salome's fault and not your fault. At least it'll take some of the program off of your head for killing John the Baptist. Well, that's an interesting idea. John Gill, of course, is the most creative commentator you'll ever find. Don't know if that's true or not. I doubt it. I think here got suckered, getting drunk, watched the, watched the dance, and one thing led to another without premeditating it. We go on to now to Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Well, actually, we're going to stop at Mark 6, verse 30. But before we do, let me point out the fate of Herod, Anubis, and Herodias. This is from Josephus, and I'm doing this from memory, but the way I remember it is Herod Philip II, the Tetrarch to the east of the Sea of Galilee. He got a title of king, but Herod Antipas did not get the Roman title of king. He was a mere Tetrarch. Herodias, being ambitious, Herod Antipas was not that ambitious. He was perfectly content with that title. But his grasping, scheming wife, Herodias, said, that's not right. She became jealous of Herod Philip II. And she says, my husband, Herod Antipas, ought to be a king, just like Herod Philip II is a king. Well, the politics involved in trying to get Herod Antipas a kingship irritated the emperor, 
and the emperor relieved Herod Antipas of his duties and exiled him. Herodias, being the loyal wife that she was, we got to hand that to her. She followed Herod Antipas to Lyon in southern France where he was banished, and there they died, according to Josephus. So Salome gets her head chopped off with a piece of ice. Herod Antipas and Herodias get banished, and they all lived unhappily ever after. Next week, we'll continue with Matthew 6. Next audio, we'll continue with Matthew 6. I hope you enjoyed this one.